Welcome back to It's Not You, It's the System, a podcast for getting self-blame, messy family stuff, and internalized oppression out of the way so you can make the impact you're here for. I'm Lauren Roberts. I'm an anti-capitalist, money-positive, trauma-certified coach and strategist who helps community change agents navigate their inner work, relationship skills, and marketing strategy. And you might know that I work with folks from non-traditional political candidates to heart-centered small business owners to everyday activists and organizers and beyond. And today I've got an update on what the fuck is going on with Instagram, my current relationship to it, and why I'm possibly about to almost quit the app in 2023. And let me just say, first of all, it's wild to me how much time I've already spent talking about Instagram on podcasts, on email newsletters I send out, and on Instagram itself. It has wormed its way into my brain on such a deep level, and I know I'm not alone. I've taken in at least five full podcast episodes in the last week or so that discussed only this topic of leaving Instagram, taking a break from Instagram, detoxing from Instagram, and things like that. And these were episodes with people who weren't necessarily experts on our relationship with tech and social media. These were people doing lots of other cool things in the world, but this was the topic that the podcast's host wanted to dig in with them about. So I think that says something. And you may have seen that I have been mostly off Instagram since around mid-September. I've only interacted with it by scheduling posts. I personally use later.com just because that's what I've been using for a few years and it's easier for me. And I've checked my DMs a couple of times when I knew someone was planning to reach out to me there because we hadn't exchanged emails or phone numbers. And honestly, I feel so much fucking better. I didn't have some sort of epiphany or rock bottom moment when I decided to totally shift how I was using Instagram, but I did hear a podcast, and I want to say it was either Tiffany Hahn's podcast or Christy Tendings with Marley Grace, but Marley was talking about their process of quitting the app and going completely dark on it for a while and all the fears that came up with it, and I just thought, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it. (laughs) So I sort of did it, have sort of been doing it. And aside from just feeling better day to day, I know for a fact that this podcast wouldn't be here without taking that break. Finally tackling all of the tax and legal and annoying paperwork stuff to end a long business partnership and all of the other annoying adult money shit this fall, that wouldn't have been able to happen, at least not as smoothly without taking this break. And there are just so many other projects and ideas that have emerged. And I think it's because, in large part, I have taken this break. I do struggle with this one foot in, one foot out solution that I've come up with for reclaiming my brain where I'm still scheduling posts. I am still examining why I don't feel like I can fully leave. I have some thoughts about that that I'll share today, but I do know as a sober person that moderation is not really my thing. on any level. And so I'll share more about what I'm thinking for the future here in a few minutes, but I don't think moderation 
fully works for me. And I wanted to bring this up today because I know this is a topic a lot of people care about, people like you, I would venture to guess. And I know this because every time I have talked about my relationship to Instagram and even social media, these are the posts and emails and content of mine that get the most interactions across the board. I think that says something about how much all of us are struggling with a lot of these same questions I have. And before I go further into my own thoughts about Instagram and me moving forward, I do want to share a story that I have a big smile on my face as I remember it because it was a moment where I realized what a big deal this is for folks to look at a relationship in a way that can be very uncomfortable with this app. So back in the fall of 2020, I was leading a program that was a precursor for my current community program, Take Up Space. It was called something else at the time. And it was focused, much like Take Up Space, on building self-trust and connecting with your sense of purpose and how you want to be showing up to be part of creating the world we all deserve and that you want to see. And this program included a bunch of practices that I invited participants into, including a suggestion to take a one-week break from Instagram, social media in general. And even though I'd covered and was about to cover a lot of other topics and tools and practices and conversations in this program, this whole thing about taking a social media break, particularly for Instagram, sparked by a huge margin, the most conversation amongst the group in our Uh, private chat that we had in between sessions. During the session discussion, it triggered the most intense reactions as well because a lot of the work I guide my clients through can be uncomfortable. I do help people find the line like, is this uncomfortable because I'm growing or is this painful or inappropriate for me or not working for me? I'm very clear about helping people discern that. But A lot of times when it comes to building self-trust, there are some uncomfortable new ways of operating that come up. But this reaction, though, was so intense on both ends of this spectrum. And of course, it wasn't binary, but there were some people who thought and shared, oh my God, I feel so great. I don't really want to be on there that much anymore. And I don't even need it for work. So what am I doing? I just want to take some intentional time away. And on the other end of the spectrum were people who got a little bit pissed at me. I don't think there's another word for it. They felt put out by me for even suggesting the practice. And I had to make some very clear comments when I saw some of the feedback like, hey, you don't have to do anything I'm suggesting. You are all adults. You are here because I'm wanting to support you. This is about you, not about me. So do what works for you. Ultimately, this is just a suggestion based on my own experience and my experience working with people that I know can help a lot of us reconnect with intuition and build self-trust. So it was just interesting to experience that range of reactions. And I didn't realize, of course, when I presented this idea of taking a one-week Instagram or social media break that it would cause such a stir and effectively become the center of gravity in this program that wasn't meant to be about taking a social media break. The goal, again, was to help people tap into intuition, get some headspace during 
2020, one of the wildest years. We had the pandemic, which was still relatively new at that time and very scary. Vaccines, I think, were just starting to roll out. A lot of folks were dealing with job loss or job changes that were very difficult. Financial scary stuff, a very scary election, and so many other terrifying things happening in the world. And it the, the feeling I got in that virtual space with these folks who were all incredible and kind and compassionate and smart, it reminded me of the early days of getting sober where we were, and I was taking the break with them, and I found that we were all vacillating between, oh, I feel really good and there's some good stuff about this, and oh, this also really sucks and it's really uncomfortable and I keep thinking about it and now I'm checking my email all the time because I used to check the app all the time. It's kind of like replacing one thing with another, which if anyone out there has gotten sober from a substance, maybe you feel me, but I started eating a lot more sugar and drinking a lot more caffeine when I got sober and I still probably do more than I used to. Our weekly gatherings where we would work through tools together, they were almost a little 12-step community for people taking a break from Instagram. As an elder millennial, (laughs) I'm 34, I'm also a highly sensitive person who's had some awareness around boundaries that I need with technology, especially my phone and my inbox for a while. And I also tend to be a little behind the curve when it comes to adapting to new technology. I think I have a TikTok profile I created at the peak of the pandemic in 2020 when we were all locked down and not much was going on and I got off of it almost immediately because it was way too overwhelming. But that's about as far as I went. I tend to not know a lot of the trendy internet lingo or what memes mean or I also use emojis incorrectly all the time. I just, I'm a little behind. And so I've also not had push notifications on my phone for years at this point. When I am using Instagram, I tend to delete the app off my phone as soon as I'm done with it. Sometimes that would be several hours later because I would get sucked in, but I've been mindful of it for a while. And I only say that because maybe compared to some of the folks in my group who were more active on the app or they did enjoy having push notifications or that's what they were doing as something that worked for them, I, at this point in my journey with Instagram, probably am going to have a less difficult time continuing to shift my relationship to it, as opposed to someone who's starting from a really intense place of perhaps all of their work is on Instagram, or they're a content creator, and they make money off of it. Maybe some of you listening don't even want to change your relationship with social media, and that's cool too. So I'm just saying all of this because I can only speak from my own experience and I want to acknowledge where I am and how I might be different from you and from other folks. And so at this point, I don't feel as enmeshed with the app and with the internet in general as I used to. And I also have no judgment for what anybody else wants to do. I think just like I have zero judgment when it comes to plastic surgery or injectables, I think people should be able to do whatever the fuck they want with their own bodies. I have zero shame about getting some neurotoxins injected into my forehead (laughs) when I can afford it. If you like using Instagram or TikTok or whatever, keep doing it. I just always feel like I have to qualify these kinds of conversations because I tend to get feedback, much like in that group program, that people feel shame coming up. And that is what I noticed for the group. 
They felt a lot of self-blame for struggling with taking the break. The struggle is already hard, and then we punish ourselves even further for struggling with that self-judgment. And as this podcast is titled, it's not you, it's the system, right? So even when I was active on Instagram up until a few months ago, I was noticing a fatigue in myself with it. And so when this idea came up to take the last 100 days of 2023 and dramatically change my relationship to it by only scheduling posts, I just needed to make a change. So I intended for this current break to be for the last 100 days of 2023. I am recording this podcast on December 3rd, so we're getting close to the end of the year. And I'm noticing, no surprise, that I feel so much better. I have more creative energy. I've been a lot more intentional with my business and my marketing. I do schedule these posts, but it's all repurposed content from other places like my newsletter, which I also repurposed for LinkedIn, which I also tend to repurpose for Medium content from this podcast, right? So I'm not reinventing the wheel just for Instagram or letting my Instagram content lead the way anymore like I used to at times. And beyond protecting my mental health, this truly was also a strategic decision for marketing because I hate to say it, but I rarely see signups for my offerings come through Instagram. I rarely have connected with new clients through Instagram, at least not folks who are willing to pay me (laughs) for my work. And if you're someone who has been enjoying and benefiting from free stuff I've made on Instagram or from this podcast. No shame in that at all. I do that with a lot of folks' work. But just as the person who supports myself and is sometimes struggling to support myself with my own work, I have to do things that make sense for my business. And that tends to be word of mouth from my current clients and deep relationship building. I will say I've met some of my favorite people from Instagram. I've grown real and deep relationships there. I certainly don't think Tristan and I would have ever created All the Fuck In or collaborated the ways that we have without being in touch on Instagram, although we did meet in a work context outside of that. But I think a lot of trust building can happen there. And... I am very focused right now and probably for the foreseeable future on getting in front of people who don't already know me or don't already know my work and creating free content for an app that profits off of my data and attention that doesn't lead to money in my bank account just doesn't make sense. Of course, not everything needs to be profitable or make you money to be worth doing. I am certainly not saying that. However, if there's a thing you're doing that you don't like (laughs) and it's not making you money or getting you any kind of result or moving you toward a goal or benefiting anybody, it's time to look at that. And I certainly didn't enjoy and don't enjoy Instagram. I'd much rather spend my energy creating this podcast on this process of moving my newsletter to Substack where that algorithm actually helps me find people who resonate with what I'm creating. And for anyone listening who's on my email list, don't worry, it's going to be a free Substack. I don't have plans at this time to make any paywalls for my newsletter. 
And I also have been having some pretty great Zoom coffees and in-person coffees with awesome people doing incredible things, both here locally in Denver and all over the country, even the world. And that not only feels better for me, but it's actually yielding better results for my business and the impact I'm here to make too. And I'll also say, don't sleep on LinkedIn. I kind of forgot about LinkedIn for a few years there. It didn't feel worth my time. It felt like a place where I couldn't cuss and I had to be buttoned up. And just like I've been doing with Instagram, I'm repurposing content and putting it on LinkedIn. So that's been really fun and I've met some really cool people there. And it's an algorithm that seems to actually be supporting entrepreneurs like me. You can actually see content that makes sense for you and not a ton of ads. It doesn't feel like it's sucking me into the scroll, although I know it's trying to on some level. I'm sure that's part of their business strategy, but it's not affecting me as much. And it's much easier for me to just put down. It's also not like, if we're going back to weighing pros and cons of Instagram, it's not as if I have enjoyed Instagram all that much for the personal side of things. I love seeing people's pets and babies, but the app isn't designed to give us that choice of what we see when we scroll and even when we tap through stories because you don't know what's in a story before you tap on it. The new algorithm on Instagram is also showing me so much algorithm-generated content based on what I already like that I don't need. It just feels very noisy and cluttered. It's like a closet that needs to be cleaned out and I don't have the power to clean it out and that feels very anxiety producing for me. And those dopamine hits that I get just like everyone else when I get a like or an interaction, I would rather get those dopamine hits from things that for me feel more meaningful, like seeing someone in person, hanging out with my husband and my pets, getting together with a friend in real life or on Zoom or phone or even text, even though I kind of hate texting too. But I'd rather be in connection with people I care about and with my community that I'm intentional about having around me rather than what an algorithm and meta is trying to give me. And not even give me, shove down my throat. I've also noticed that even though I think body dysmorphia and body image stuff in general will probably be a forever challenge for me, it's actually gotten a little better now that I'm far less likely to see someone's filtered selfie or retouched photos. I'm not getting ads for Kim Kardashian selling me skims or whatever it is these days that she's making money on, unless I'm on a celebrity news website. That happens sometimes. But even there or reality TV, which I really enjoy, there's a big difference between a piece of video from Real Housewives versus someone's highly retouched and curated and perfected selfies on Instagram. Even a real housewife with the best plastic surgeon in the world doesn't look as perfect, at least according to society standards, on camera as they do on Instagram. So that's been helpful for me. I'd say though that the biggest shift I've noticed is that I can hear my own voice, my own intuition, and not necessarily that anxious voice that's always hanging out. I can feel into my own 
ideas and opinions and perspectives so much more quickly than before. It used to take me a lot of time and intentional focused work to get in touch with my intuition. It's not as tough anymore because I think I'm not taking in so many pieces of content, probably hundreds if not thousands of pieces of content every single day from hundreds if not thousands of other people. Even taking in ideas from two people every single day would muffle my intuition. And I don't ever want to go back there. I say this as someone who's done a lot of healing around my self-trust and intuition, but this change in my Instagram approach these last two and a half months has cleared out so much of the noise and the worry and the anxiety that I've personally had about what other people might think if I say something wrong or if I, if I don't focus on the thing everybody else is focusing on or I'm also not hung up on how somebody will react if I say a certain thing. I don't have time for it. Life is short. I want to spend my time and energy worrying about other things that, <laughs> that matter more to me. And today, two and a half months in, the only external places that I'm looking to for accountability and wisdom and learning and growth are my chosen teachers and mentors and loved ones and fellow community members, therapy, books, and certain newsletters that I've intentionally opted into, and of course podcasts. I love podcasts. And mostly though, I'm just paying attention to what's happening inside. I've reconnected to my tarot deck. I'm journaling more than I have in a long time. I'm moving my body in ways that feel good, even when it Even when my body, I should say, really hurts. I'll just say the obvious too. Just like cigarettes, social media apps are designed to be addictive. Meta makes more money the longer I scroll, period. And we have enough science at this point to know that Instagram is total garbage for our health. Notice I don't just say mental health. I'm talking overall health, well-being. There are physical consequences to using the app. For a lot of us. And as someone with a literal medical deficit of attention because of how the chemicals in my brain work, I have ADHD and I'm sitting here at four and a half years sober. It doesn't feel good or right or aligned with what I believe in and how I want to show up. I don't want to feed into that anymore, either by consuming and scrolling or by adding to the noise with my own content there. And Before I share my plan-ish for 2023, I want to read a little bit of a recent article. It was a humor piece from The New Yorker written by, I believe their name is pronounced Magana and Doherty. I came across it in Marley Grace's newsletter. Shout out to Marley yet again. They have an awesome Substack newsletter you can subscribe to for free called Monday Monday. It's one of my favorites. And the title of this New Yorker article is, We at Instagram want you to know that if you don't use Reels, we will hurt you and your family. Obviously, this is satire written as if it's from Instagram, but of course, it isn't actually. Anyway, here's an excerpt that really brought all of these ideas home for me in the last few days. So this is how it goes. Listen. We get it. You want your photos in chronological order. You want your followers to actually be able to see the stuff you post. You want to stalk your ex at 3 a.m. to make sure that they're still unhappy. But here's the deal. That's not going to happen, okay? You know what's going to happen instead? You're going to use reels. Why? Because fuck you. 
This app is not about you, and it's cute that you ever thought it was. This app is about money, and we're trying to make more of it. Do I have to spell it out for you? M-O-N-E-Y. And then the article continues a little further down. You can complain all you want about how you miss seeing photos of your friend's newborn baby, but the truth is, you're never going to see Sarah or her son again. They're perfectly safe, for now. They'll just never appear on your feed again. Instead, you're going to see six reels about why using your car's turn signal is a trauma response, and four more about an Airbnb in Bali that costs $400,000 a night. Sorry, but that's the way it is. Our primary profit driver is advertising, and since we've run out of ways to advertise to you, we've decided that you all need to become advertisements yourselves. So go ahead, use Reels, narrativize your life, become the star of your every meaningless Tuesday, make every vacation a journey of aesthetically pleasing self-discovery, feed our machine with content until the only TikTok that exists is the song by Kesha. Only then can we continue our domination of your mind, body, and soul. As you continue to overwork, be underpaid, and understand the people around you less and less, we know that the hit of dopamine you get from a like is the only thing keeping you warm at night. And we won't be content until everyone and everything is content. Reels, you don't have a choice. <laughs> so yeah, I felt that hard. And honestly, I know it's you know humor and sarcastic, but I honestly don't think it's that far from what is actually happening in those team meetings that met behind closed doors. And so this article was the last little push I needed to get potentially only almost all the way out. So here's what I'm thinking. The only good reason I currently see for not totally deactivating my account or just going dark is to share about this podcast and especially to highlight my incredible upcoming guests with the people who don't know them yet who are in my community i want to make sure that i'm putting them on a platform not that i have some huge following but i appreciate them taking the time to speak with me and to share their stories and their wisdom and i want to promote those episodes for lack of a better word i do have a virtual assistant starting with me this week for just eight hours a month that's a month so two hours a week max And I'm thinking of having her do the repurposing of my content from other places for Instagram. So what I've been doing for myself currently, I'm thinking of having her do. And then she would also do all of the actual posting or scheduling of the posts. Just limited to post about the podcast and maybe, just maybe things I'm up to that would support you and my community, like free workshops or fundraisers or live events. Things that, you know, in marketing, we say it takes usually, unfortunately, around seven times for someone to see or hear about something before they opt in, sign up, join. And that's just how it is. Our attention is so scattered these days. It takes multiple taps on the shoulder. Even someone who is a perfect fit for someone, even if it's a free offering, it can take a lot of time and intention to build a program or a community like take up space for me or to invite people to a free workshop like I did last week it just takes a lot of reminders on different platforms so that's my only rationale for potentially just having Instagram as this repository of content that perhaps hasn't gotten in front of 
people who are on my newsletter list or LinkedIn or anywhere else or the podcast. I'm also considering, on the other hand, just pinning a few posts at the top or three posts, I think you're limited to, that talk about, hey, I'm not on Instagram. Don't DM me. I won't see it. Here's what I do for my work if you want support from me. And like, see you later. See you not on here. (laughs) And then just calling it a day. And that feels scarier. And as I said in the beginning, I am not someone who moderates very well. I, even even at four and a half years sober, you know, I haven't had a drink. I haven't smoked any substance, not even cigarettes. Not that I was a cigarette smoker, but I haven't ingested medication that wasn't mine. I haven't taken drugs. I haven't done any of that stuff in four and a half going on five years. And I feel really shitty if I don't have caffeine. So I'm very addicted to caffeine, physically addicted to caffeine. I play this color by number game on my phone every night to fall asleep. I can't start certain shows at certain times of night because I will get sucked in and not be able to stop. And as I shared last week, over Thanksgiving, I started a puzzle with Kyle during the day, but didn't I didn't really get into it till much later. Then he goes to bed at a normal time, 10 o'clock or something. I stayed up until 5 a.m., maybe even later. I stayed up until the time I used to wake up for high school (laughs) finishing that goddamn puzzle. So when I say I don't moderate well, I really mean I don't moderate well. So the idea of having even any connection to the app just doesn't feel good. Even if I have all of these fail-safes like my new VA and blocking it on my browser and stuff like that. I just don't see that going well. But it feels like when I had a real talk moment with myself in the days leading up to my sobriety date of June 28th, 2018, where I was like, well, maybe I'll just quit smoking, but I'll keep drinking. Maybe it's really just weed. Maybe I just can't Maybe cannabis is just not something I can have in my life, but I can still drink alcohol. And then I remembered, well, every time I've taken a break from weed, I drink a lot more. I'm way more likely to have a night out binging or I dabble in some other drugs that are around or whatever. So that didn't really seem like a good solution. So then I just to get myself to the 12-step meetings and flush the weed, I told myself, okay, I'm going to stop smoking for sure. I'm like, and by smoking, I mean using any cannabis product, no more cannabis, And I'm at least going to spend a year not drinking. And I will tell you, by the end of my first 12-step meeting, I had heard enough people's stories where I thought, you know what, I can't even do that. I can't do it because I am not someone who moderates. And I also had enough evidence that every time I had those periods of where I was staying away from all substances, but mainly weed, any time I would have a glass of wine here or there, or have a little tequila soda out one night. Eventually, there would be a binge drinking episode at a wedding or some other event. And then within two weeks to a month, I was smoking weed again. So I don't know that having a VA do all my Instagram post scheduling is really the solution. And even as I'm saying this, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, oh, shit. (laughs) I'm going to have to quit Instagram, aren't I? 
I don't have answers. This is just where I am today. I, aside from any promotional stuff for the podcast or my work or anything, I do want to be able to see my sister's story highlights of her baby because Sophie is so fucking cute. I do want to be able to pull up the post Kyle made of the day that we got engaged when I proposed to him and be able to reread that. And also, again, even as I talk, I'm like, there's so many other workarounds to that. I can screenshot that post. I can ask my sister to send me the videos, which she already does a lot. You know, there's just so many. It, it's It's that addictive part of my brain that also was trying to give me so many good reasons why I should keep smoking weed. And they sound very rational. They make a lot of sense. Back in the day, I was like, well, you know, I I don't have therapy right now and my meds are still getting figured out and, I, you know, it's not good to quit an antidepressant all of a sudden. Why should I quit smoking weed all of a sudden? It's like, okay, it's obviously not the same thing. <laughs> you know, I thankfully I had done enough inner work at that point and had enough support around me and enough community around me that I knew there was a way to respond to that voice and what you're hearing me do in real time is respond to the voice that has all of these great reasons for staying but the truth is I don't have any good reasons for staying I have some so-so reasons for staying and a lot of really good reasons if not great reasons for leaving so stay tuned we'll see what happens I will say you're here listening to the podcast thank you and please make sure you're subscribed to stay in the loop because this might be the only place I share a lot of content for free. Please join my newsletter. I share a lot of supportive tips and practices and stories and updates about free workshops, low cost workshops, other things that are just really helpful and useful. Like I said, I might be um, migrating my newsletter to Substack, but that won't affect any of your signing up. So feel free to just jump on there. I'm going to link that in the show notes. I do have a free workshop coming up on December 16th with my friend and first ever business coach. First ever coach period that I had ever heard of, and this was going way back to 2010, Michelle Ward. And she and I are going to spend an hour sharing our entrepreneurship stories and telling you why you have what it takes to run a business. If you have been entrepreneurship curious but you've got a million quote-unquote good reasons why you can't do it this is for you so I will link that in the show notes again it's free and last quick thing if you missed last week's writing effective emails workshop you can purchase that recording for just eight dollars and the recording comes with a pdf that I'd love my very organized brain really loves this before you hit send checklist that I made. So this goes along with the workshop and it's a tangible tool that you can use for any of your marketing content. So fellow business owners, if you have email newsletters that you send out regularly, or if you, let's say, work for a person running for office and you have fundraising emails going out, this is a great checklist for that. And it's just great for everyday email communication going forward. So that link for the $8 workshop in PDF bundle will also be in the show notes, tons of value and support. 
I, yeah, it shouldn't be $8, but it is. (laughs) And as always, I'd be very grateful if you could leave five stars in a review, especially on Apple Podcasts, before you just exit and go on to your next podcast. Let me just say that the reason you hear every single podcast host ask for a five-star rating and a written review, even if it's one sentence, because once again, algorithms, it is truly gold to us helps the podcast get in front of people again especially on apple if you use apple podcasts and it also keeps us going it can feel very awkward at least for me to record these episodes like talking to myself and i love talking to guests too but it's also like does anyone hear this and so there are two reviews at this moment that i so appreciate shout out to Alyssa and jessica who i know personally which is always so lovely and also i love seeing reviews from people i don't know we had a few of those for all the fuck in and that just felt really good it just keeps us going you know and so if you get support and you find this labor of love that i make for free as the producer creator writer host behind the scenes of all types person, a five-star review would be incredibly meaningful. So thank you so much for listening. And until next time, until we meet again, take good care.